What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster V here live from the MMV Radio Studios for the MMV Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And today's guest on the podcast is a woman who has been in the adult industry for over two decades. She has done it all, like literally has done it all. And we're going to talk to her tonight. She's been nominated for some AVN awards coming up, also T awards. She's won multiple awards. Like, there's just so much that we have to get into with my next guest. So I want to welcome her in right now, Miss Sin Sage. Sin, what's going on? Hello, nice to be here. Now, now, do you go by Sin? Should I call you Miss Sage? Like, how does like how do, how do you like to be? Recognized? Yeah, I go by Sin. Sin is okay. Okay, I want to make sure we're doing yeah. it all proper. You know, formal from away here with the proper respect because you've been in this industry for like I said over two decades that's quite a while and I guess my first question and people are intrigued and want to know is you started at the age of 19 and how did you get into this business and why did you want to get into this business yeah um very common question for sure I uh so I've just always been um, like a theater person. I've just loved the art of performance since I was, you know, probably five. Like the first time I saw somebody with a camcorder, you know, I was just running in front of it. I was like, wanted to be on the camera, wanted to be on the stage always. I was in um, community theater growing up. I was in show choir. I was in uh, high school drama my dad was a drama teacher, um, so I've just always been, you know, very much into all of that stuff. And then in, you know, kind of around puberty, I was just feeling like a very sexual person as well. And um, I just, I guess it just felt like incorporating those two elements was something that I would have a lot of passion for. So I was ready to be a stripper by the time I turned 18. Um I went out and tried to find the work that I wanted. So it's not, you know, the question of, you know, how did you get into this is, well, I seeked it out. Um, This is what I wanted for my life. So I went and got it. (laughs) Now, what was, Um, what was the feedback from people like family, you know, were they accepting of it? Because some people, some families are okay with it. Some families are kind of, you know, shun them and disown them and, some people are doing this and their families still don't know after two decades of doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, obviously I'm uh, I'm aware of all that. Um I think it's really sad, you know, um being shunned for any reason. Um if you're living your life the way that feels good for you and you're not hurting other people, then you know, what's there to be ashamed of? I I just don't see it. But um yeah, so, you know, I've, I've been extremely lucky, extremely blessed in my life. Um, I will say, you know, I think my parents maybe didn't take me too seriously when I talked about wanting to become a stripper. Um, and then when I actually did it, you know, it was a lot, strangely enough, it was a lot tougher for my mom to sort of accept that I was a sex worker than it was for my dad. Um, and again, I think it's because like my dad, you know, he valued performing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so to him, it was just, you know, another thing, like I was pursuing a career in the performing arts. Um, so he was actually pretty proud. Uh, my mom, it took a while for her to get on board. Um, she found out that I was in videos and stuff probably a couple years after the fact, a few years after the fact. Um, 
also because she, uh, both my parents were teachers at the high school that I went to. And, uh, by the time I started doing porn and stuff, I've been graduated for several years and she heard some kids talking about it actually, um, that, that I was, you know, in videos and on the internet and stuff. And that's how she found out. Uh, <laughs> at first, um, at first she struggled with it. Uh, I think she had this vision in her mind that a lot of people still have of some kind of like skanky, uh, I don't know, hairy chested dude with like chains around his neck, smoking a cigar, telling us how to fuck. Like, I just feel like there's this uh, stereotype of what it looks like to work in porn. Um, that's just so, so far from the truth. <laughs> and I think she had a little bit of that and just, um, was struggling with that. And then I had a very serious accident, um, where I hit my head and got a traumatic brain injury in 2009. And, uh, when that happened, there was just this overwhelming outpouring of support, uh, from fans for sure, but also from, uh, the directors and the other performers I had worked with. Um, and you know, a lot of those directors were women. And so they were calling, um, and reaching out to my mom and just trying to find out what was going on with me and showing concern. And she, uh, after the fact told me that that experience really changed her perception of the industry, uh, in a positive way. And after that, she's just been very supportive, um, so I, I'm just one of the lucky ones, I guess, <laughs> in, yeah, I was, in many ways. I was going to say, I mean, it's, I, I mean, when, when you first said about your father being accepting of it, that was the first thing I thought of. It's like, okay, well, he's, you know, he's, he's taught drama. He's, you know, to him, mm -hmm. this is just another extension of the arts. You know, it's a, another way of expressing yourself through, you know, art and creativity. And, yeah. and, it, and it's crazy because I feel like even now, I mean, it's 2022 and yeah. the, it, we're slowly continuing to i feel like turn that page turn that corner of where sex work is not being looked at as a you know a negative thing um obviously yeah. there's going to be people that are still going to have their opinions on it and their strong values that are saying okay. you know yeah, the, yeah you're not going to change their mind but that's really cool yeah. that you know that these people reached out to your mother and were like hey like we're really you know concerned it goes to show you that there's yeah. compassion from that side of the world of course yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I think that was a big part of a big part of it, just seeing that compassion, that empathy, that actual care that, you know, these aren't just people who, you know, quote unquote, exploit me. These are human beings who have humanity and care about me. Yeah, they're you know? not just and screwing I, all day. <laughs> yeah, yes, God. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think there are a lot of good signs for um, sex work coming out recently. You know, just the fact that it's being talked about at all. Um, the fact that John Oliver just did a segment on sex work like these things are it's starting to come out into, you know, sort of like mainstream thought that, you know, maybe we need to look at this differently. And then we have examples around the world of places that have looked at it differently and they're safer and they're thriving because they've accepted that there are some aspects of humanity that you can't, um, you know, you can't just turn it into a crime and make it go away. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. definitely. So it's helpful. 
Now, I mean, you're you are pretty much known as the queen of girl girl scenes. Now, why girl girl? Like why you know like what 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 drew you to wanting to be the be all the tell all of those scenes? Yeah. So when I first got in the industry, I was in a serious relationship with a guy, and um, so it, it was never really like a consideration I even made. Like I don't remember sitting there and thinking. I want to do porn, but am I going to do boy girl? Am I not going to do it? Like my brain didn't even think that way when I was first getting into the industry. It was kind of just like, well, yeah, I want to make porn and I'm obviously not going to sleep with other guys because I have my boyfriend and so I'm going to work with girls. Um, and I'm like, that's, that's kind of what, how I imagine it all got started. Like it wasn't really much of a, obviously I didn't know anything about the industry, so I didn't know you know, how that would be different one way or the other. It was just kind of like, well, this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what works for my relationship at the moment. Um, and I, you know, I knew I was um, a queer person. I, I guess I wouldn't have called it queer when I was younger. Like I realized I was uh, attracted to women uh, as well as men when I was, you know, 13, like 12, 13. Um, so, yeah, it just was like, here's a thing that I want to do. And um, turns out that I was just, you know, I'm just really good at it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, even to this day, it's like, I feel that at least my sexuality is so much on the spectrum. And where I'm at at any given moment is sliding around on that spectrum somewhere. Um, and you know, when I finally left that relationship, I was much older. I'd been in the industry for like nine years. So I could have decided at that time to start working with men. But I thought I'd give it some time after I left that relationship and just really think about it before I made a decision like that. And then um, I'm really glad ultimately that I didn't. Uh, I just I think, you know, it's not for me. <laughs> it's just not for me. I, uh, I'm not attracted to men in the same ways that I'm attracted to women. Um, and I'm not sure that I would, you know, do my best or put on my best performance or really have much of a desire to sleep with, um, you know, most of these like porn guys, but I just love being with all women. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I guess that's kind of how I would explain it. Um, this is just what feels best for me. It's what works best for me. It's what makes me feel good and proud and um, just happy with what I do. And I don't, you know, I don't shame or begrudge anyone for making a decision for themselves that's different from the one I make for myself, you know. Um, yeah, so, and yeah. I mean, you've been recognized for it being, you know, having won an AVN for Best Girl Girl Sex Scene as well as Avian Awards for Girl Girl Performer of the Year. Um, yeah. Tell us, what is that that feeling like to be recognized for? I mean, it's one thing to feel passionate about what you're doing and explaining to people that, you you know, this just feels natural to you, but to be recognized by your peers and critics and fans, kind of give us into that emotional feeling of how that feels to be recognized for your work. Yeah, you know, um, it is, you're right, and it is one thing, like, I have fans you know every single day telling me um that what i do is 
you know, amazing. And uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of women. Like, I'm sure I have many, many male fans. I know that I do. But the ones who I hear from the most, the ones that are very vocal and outgoing and reach out to me, uh, usually women. Um, and so, and most of the time they're telling me, you know, watching you has helped me to understand who I am and to accept who I am and to live as who I am. Uh, and so obviously that is the number one most rewarding thing for me, like no doubt. But, you know, uh, coming up in the business and going to AVN awards and just kind of like realizing there was a, there were moments where I was like, this will never be me. I don't do the kinds of things in, that this industry tends to recognize. Um, of course, that was like 10 years ago, let's say, you know, or more. And I do kind of feel like that's how things were back then. Um, so I was just like, I just accepted, like, it would be nice to get that recognition from my peers, uh, but I just don't see it happening. So uh, in 2013, when I got the uh, nomination, I was like, oh, this, this is nice. And I was like, yes, that is an amazing scene, uh, incredible scene that we did. But I just didn't believe that they would give it to me. I just was like, they're not going to give that to me. I'm not one of those people who gets those things. Um, and then we won. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I kind of hate to say it, but it really was a career like peak for me, for sure, because. I, I felt like I had deserved it at that time, but that I just wasn't going to get it. Uh and so the fact that I got it was, it was a overwhelming sense of um, pride and joy, for sure. Now, you mentioned, and, uh, you mentioned sorry, you mentioned about how you didn't think you were going to uh, win the award. You know, just being kind of nominated and kind of recognized was one thing, but to win it is yeah. another. Um, do you still yeah. feel like there's some kind of stigma still in the adult industry? I mean, because people think, you know, the adult industry to think that, oh, it's all, you know, free willy-nilly that anybody you know can do anything but there i mean are there still stigmas and still like i don't i don't know how to the phrase it like the discriminations of sorts in the industry that you still notice i mean uh yes for sure i i think that it's just sort of human nature a little bit to have um you know to make stereotypes to make stigmas to uh believe certain things when you don't have access to all the information or um, I think that's just, yeah, again, like part of being human, but definitely in the industry, you know, um, there's still to this freaking day, some stigmas against uh, working, you know, women working with men who are what we call like crossover performers, uh, like bisexual performers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that at this point is, uh, just bigoted. Um, I don't really feel like there's any other way of looking at it. So that happens. Uh, racial things still happen. You know, um, women of color getting paid less for scenes than uh, white women doing the same job. Um, men of color being treated, you know, like they're always cast as Bugs or whatever, and they're never cast as like doctors and just shit like that. I mean, these are just like common complaints that people have that like it still goes on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to this day, even after you know when the big sort of the reckoning of 2020 uh, porn was, you know, we had a part of that too, at least in the sense of 
um, black performers and creators and stuff. And so it was like we had some industry gatherings and Zoom talks and things like this. Um, and everybody was seemed to be on the same page. But then when it comes down to it, you have these producers who, um, you know, kind of like they're the ones in control of these mainstream, this mainstream stuff. And uh, they are going to do what they're going to do. Um, and if people stop, you know, like spending their money on stuff that, that was like that, that's the only way any it's ever going to change. So I don't, it's hard to see that happening, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I think just like every other industry for sure, we've got, we've got stigmas and we've got problems, you know, and all we, all we can do is try to like be the change. And, uh, luckily, you know, a lot, the industry has shifted way more, especially since 2020, um, towards self-produced content. And so a lot of the stuff that's being coming out now is like from, um, the performers themselves rather than, you know, like big budget mainstream porn companies. And, uh, you see a lot more diversity and inclusivity, um, happening in these spaces. And so, you know, uh, if I can tell your listeners anything, I would say please support, like, indie creators. Find, find like, a performer you like and then go watch their stuff and go buy stuff from them rather than always going to, you know, like, browsers and sites like that who they're just going to keep doing the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I can say, two different things that I, I notice here from my notes is that the way you're breaking barriers um, – a lot of people tend to, at least some of the listeners that I have, have uh, kind of steered away from the trans stuff. And I know that you have your, your movie, Since Trans Lesbian Lovers, which was nominated for a AVN Award for Best Trans Movie. So first off, congratulations on that for the nomination. And um, kind of explain what that is like working with trans what the you know because a lot of people like listening and i have a lot of listeners like oh i love listening to your podcast i love the guests you have on and then when i bring on somebody a little bit different a little outside of box or outside of the norm of what some of these people may watch or you know view um they tend to get turned off by it and are like no nah, that's not for me if you had to convince people you know to kind of look into something different explain to them why this is something that they should watch and check out well uh first of all you know i I kind of feel that when it comes to our sexuality and our sexual preferences that is that's such an internal um you know our sexual desires things like that it's it's very personal and internal and i i'm not sure that i would try to convince anyone that you should enjoy this thing um, if, if this thing is not your thing, then, you know, I'm not going to try to force you to enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't watch porn at all, really. But, um, you know, like, maybe I think a lot of straight women, we hear a lot of straight women, they like to watch um, gay male sex, and they get turned on by it. Even le- lesbians watch it. Um, they like they think it's really hot. And that's awesome. Good. I've shot gay sex before, like done camera for it. And, um, I, I love that it's out there. I celebrate queerness in all of its aspects, but you know, personally, I don't like that doesn't turn me on to watch. Um, 
So I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, well, you know, you're, you're a bigot because you don't like watching, uh, like gay sex scenes or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think there's a correlation there. Um, but that being said, you know, when it comes to, uh, working with trans women, I have come along on my own journey with transness, um, because I think everybody, you know, we all start from a place of ignorance. If I had never known a trans person, I had never met a trans person, like, then I don't, it's not that I don't understand it. It's just that, um, I don't have that knowledge. Uh, and so I think I used to kind of, um, objectify seems like a stupid thing to say. Um, but you know, like fetishize, uh, transness a little bit and just be like, you know, I used to think, uh, that I really wanted to sleep with a trans woman because I, it was the best of both worlds. Like I got boobs and I got a dick, you know? Um, and that was a really ignorant way of thinking. Um, it was a really dehumanizing way of thinking. And now that I know, uh, tons of trans women and I work with them and I'm friends with them, um, I understand that it's just that, that uh, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not like a woman with a man. It's, you know, it's, it's just a woman. Um, and her parts just look a little different than my parts. And that's totally fine. So, um, I think the important thing is really just like recognizing other people's identity and humanity and not, um, just, you know, treating them with the way that you have this like idea or the stereotype in your head. So I think if people are willing to be open-minded, um, and especially watching like my trans lesbian movie is like, when I, when I approach um, a trans woman for, to do a scene with me, I'm like, how do you like to have sex? How do you identify with your parts and how do you like to use them? And then we will do a sex scene based on that rather than a lot of mainstream companies that make trans porn, um, which, by the way, I find it interesting what you said before, because it is blowing up right now. Like, trans porn has never been as popular as it has been in the past mm-hmm. few years. Um, but, yeah, I just, so with my with my movie, it's, again, it's just very, like, mainstream companies, if they're making a trans scene, the trans girl has to, has to fuck the other girl with her dick. Like, has to use her penis like that. And I don't want to require that. It, you know, if a trans girl likes to use her penis like that and does do it well, then fuck yeah, let's go. But um, if she doesn't, which a lot don't, you know, they don't identify it with it like that. And they're just like, this is, you know, that that's not how it feels good for me. Then I'm like, cool, what else can we do? You know, can I put my mouth mm-hmm. on it? Can... Um, I fuck you with a strap on, which that's what I prefer to do in all cases anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, I just, that's why like, um, I make sort of, you know, I call what, what I make indie porn, um, queer indie porn because, you know, we don't have big budgets. We do not have like capital to be putting together these like huge, um, expensive scenes. Like it's literally just, I've got, enough equipment, good equipment, um, camera lights and all that to just get with another creator. And we shoot usually in our own homes and we just, you know, I just want it to be like, this is how real people have sex. This is how real queer people have sex. This is the type of sex that you could be having too. You know, um, I, I like to do it like that. 
<laughs> I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I think the days of these big, you know, expensive storylines where there's a lot of, you know, scenery and acting going on is kind of gone away. I mean, I know I know a lot of people that fast forward through all that to just get to the sex part. So yeah. it's like it, a lot of the indie stuff kind of is that now where there's not a whole lot of, you know, dialogue, a whole lot of, you know, acting kind of the gonzo style of it. Um, yeah. Which kind of brings up to the point that you have your own production company. So yeah. tell everybody about this production company. What uh, made you want to get involved in it? What you know, compelled you to want to start your own production? Yeah. Um. Gosh, I think that, you know, I just reached a point where um, I'm like, I've been doing just performance for so long. Uh, I, I want to be able to do things other than just perform. And I know this industry so well because I've been here for a while. So uh, just a combination of wanting to like sort of branch out in the things that I am able to do. And then around the time of like Pornhub coming out, um, that was a big blow for the industry. And I noticed I wasn't getting as many bookings um, and stuff. And so I had started camming and all of a sudden around that time, I'm getting like a lot of emails from people asking about custom videos. And I was like, well, I don't make them because I don't have equipment and I don't know what I'm doing with that really. But I just was like, why can't I do this? And so I put like a little Sony handy cam on my wish list and I got like a $25 light <laughs> and um, had a friend teach me how to edit. You know, I got like an editing program and started out just really basic making custom videos. Uh, and then it just grew from there really um, to where, you know, now I'm making custom videos. That's a big part of my job. Um, producing custom videos so that's how we learned basically how to uh, shoot and um, you know I learned all that stuff and then um, he's now my husband but at the time he was just he was my boyfriend and I taught him how to shoot camera and taught him how to edit and then he really like learned and then took that to the next level like he's way better than I am now with those things and so um yeah, and then I was just like, you know, I've got all these scenes. I'd love to, like, make make full-length movies uh, so I can, like, submit for awards and, and just, just shit like that. Like, I wanted to make the porn that I wanted to see. That's what I like to say. I wanted to make the porn that I wanted to see in the world. So I asked uh, Courtney Trouble, who had already been running Trouble Films, an indie queer porn company, for many years. And I was like you know, maybe I could just pick your brain on like how to start a studio. And they were like, well, why don't you just put together a movie and you'll distribute it through Trouble Films and then you'll have a studio. And I was like, oh shit. All right, let's do it. And that's, that kind simple. Of the, that's what happened. <laughs> now that's yeah. really cool to be able to have that creative control. Like you said, to be able to shoot videos and films the way you vision it. But has there ever yeah. been a time where you uh, felt you had to or felt the need to turn down ideas because it was something that was just not gelling with how you saw it from an artistic standpoint or just a, you know, comfortable moral standpoint? Was there ever a time that you said, yeah, I can't do that? Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
especially with custom orders. You know, I, I get inquiries all day long. Um, so obviously there are going to be some that are in there that, you know, can you make a custom video where you do X, Y, and Z? And I'm just like, oh, hell no. I'm not making a video like that. <laughs> like, if you can find someone else, you know, more power to you. But, like, I am not doing that. Um, whether it's, like, you know, race play or uh, farting. Like, I just, I won't make farting videos. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's people that Things fart like- in bottles. And what was that one girl? She's online. She's selling her fart. Yes. I yes, mean, but she already she had a head up, she had a leg up because she was on like a TV show, like Ninety Day Fiance or something. Mm. So she could sell her farts for that much. If I tried to sell my farts for like a thousand dollars a jar, that people would be like, no. <laughs> I, feel like I wouldn't even be able to make the money back for the the cost of the jar. You know, exactly. I'm returning <laughs> them back to Michaels or something. Like, yeah, I don't need these little jars anymore. Like. Yeah, you know, I tried. Tell your neighbors, <laughs> thanks thanks for saving the baby food jars, but I don't need them anymore. They can go into recycling, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and I mean, I've definitely, you know, I'm sorry to say I have done things in my past uh, that, you know, w- w- as far as making videos that I would absolutely not ever do again. Um, but that's the big difference, too, between, you know, when I was younger and I didn't, produce my own stuff it was very much like I had to take every job opportunity I got because um I was trying to survive under capitalism so mm-hmm. I had to take the jobs even if it was something that I wasn't feeling super comfortable with doing um and that's where you know learning to even just learning to produce my own clips and sell in my clip stores like many bids and clips for sale and stuff um, it really gave me that power because now I have this income. As long as I keep the stores running and updated, like uh, I have income from selling my own stuff. And so I have way more power over what I do, who I do it with now. Um, and so I don't even have to make those types of decisions anymore, which is, which is nice. It's just like, if you were like, come shoot for this site and I see what the site is and I just morally disagree with it, I'm just like, no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a nice place to be. <laughs> now, tell me a time where someone sent you a request for a video and when you saw the request, you were like, hell fucking yeah, I can't wait to do this. And what was that? <laughs> what was that scene like? Hmm. Um, anytime somebody requests like either just a sex scene video um me strap on with another girl i'm like hell yes uh anytime they request a sex scene like with me and my husband drake i'm like hell yes uh we've had a few where people wanted a threesome with me and drake and a third model like those are probably my favorite like love that shit so (laughs) the just yeah I like making the sex scenes those are my favorite but that being said I do also love doing um fetish videos that require like acting and character and maybe they're a little silly um one category is like embarrassed naked female uh those can sometimes be pretty um like complex and interesting with sort of characters and funny things happening and and those are always like sort of they're a little stressful only because there's like a lot to do but and a lot to keep in mind but at the same time they're really fun because you get to sort of like play a fun silly character um those are those are the types of things i i do enjoy making for sure now listeners that are listening 
whether they be male, female, trans, however they identify themselves, it, what's the one big piece of advice you could give to anybody who's looking to get into this business, who is looking to kind of jumpstart their career? Um, yeah, it's, I know it's that's really a loaded hard. question. <laughs> yeah, like, first of all, I will just tell you, like, all your listeners, please don't ask porn stars this question. Like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get asked that question probably, like, 100 times a week. It's it's ridiculous. And the truth is, too, like, in the past, I used to kind of take the time to explain to men, like, what all they'd have to go through. Um, and anymore, I'm just like, no. When they say, how do I get in the industry? I say, you don't. Because because you just don't. Um, now, if girls ask me, that's a whole different question, and I, I'm ha- happy to give advice to women. And that's um, why I phrased it that way, male, female, however they identify themselves. Yeah. Because I sometimes think that guys have a different like mindset when they say, how do I get into the mm-hmm. business? Because they're not looking to get into the business because it's something that they you know, want to be able to express themselves or find it as a way right. to make ends meet as far as financial they're looking at because they're nope. trying to fuck. Um, yes. <laughs> so they have, you know, they think with their <laughs> other head. But uh, I guess, like, yeah. as you were beginning to explain for females who are looking to get into the business, like, because, yeah. I mean, that could be a scary road for people who are not right. well diverse in the, the ins and outs of the business because you, you hear horror stories of people being taken advantage of. So that's why I said, like, what's yeah. one thing that you would you would recommend to these girls that are listening that are like, hey, I I just kind of need a little direction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, look, my my base level advice for everyone, boys and girls, is kind of like, you know, use your phone and start making stuff. Start shooting stuff. Learn how to use an editing program. Um, Get yourself a cheap little light. I mean, you know, you start with the very basics and – um, you grow from there and you post your shit and you're going to post your shit in these stores or whatever for years before you're going to like start building something. Um, you are going to, you know, have to get on Twitter and you're going to have to use it. You have to use these spaces to promote yourself. There's, there's no way to grow a following besides just starting from zero and working your way up. But owning your own content, owning your brand and all that stuff, you know, just like for any influencer, that that's so important uh, now. You know, 10 years ago, my advice would probably be even different. But here's where we are now. And, like, so I say to anyone, again, don't set your sights on, you know, working for browsers or fucking Wicked or Adult Time or any of that shit. Like, if you're not in L.A. and you have what it takes, <laughs> um, then – that's not the way to go about things. Uh, start from zero, make your own shit, own your own shit and build something. And that's like my biggest advice for anyone. Um, that being said, you know, for men, uh, I know you asked me about women, but for men, I just want to say real quickly, like the reason why most of them don't even try is because like you have to be able, like, I think all guys may be thinking in their head when they're in their house, fucking their girlfriend. I could do that. I can keep my dick hard as long as I want. I can come when you tell me to come. But then when you're in a room where you've got, you know, three to six men standing around you uh, waiting on your fucking ass to come (laughs) and a girl looking up at you like, fucking how long is this going to take? Can you hurry up and finish? 
or your dick went down in the middle of it because of all those people staring at you with all that pressure and then you can't get it back up and everyone's looking at you like you're wasting all of our time here. Time is you know, money. That level, of, that level of pressure is is huge. And, you know, men don't, uh, generally speaking, don't get paid as much as women in this industry. And although it, it's the only industry where that happens, <laughs> I think also that, uh, to be honest, it's a little unfair because the men's job is way harder. Um, so, you know, I think people need to realize that it's almost like a superpower that it's very rare for someone to have. Um, so, but for women, again, it's very much, I have that same advice. I'm like, get, use your phone and get a little stand and try filming yourself, uh, film yourself doing a solo scene, playing with a toy, then watch it and be like, what do you like about the performance? Do you, are you turned on by what you just did? Um, what do you see that you think would be hotter or better? Like, how can you improve yourself? And then start being on Twitter, start retweeting other porn stars, start reaching out to other porn stars, start trying to like infiltrate the community and connect with it. Um, and then you can really grow from there. I mean, I've seen people who started with nothing and then just kind of like reached out to other porn stars, shot content trade with them. And now they're really building something. So, um, so that's all the advice that I would take with that I would say uh, next for women, I would say like, do not just try to shoot something with every guy that slides into your DMs. You know what I mean? Um, that, that, that happens a lot, especially when you make like a mini vid store and stuff, you'll get hit up by just like random dude creators who are like, Hey, let's collaborate. Um, you know, I don't I don't work with men, but I would just say that, like, I would do my research with every single person that tried to hit me up. And I would be like, is this an, an industry professional? Is this someone who has, like, references? I see them working with other porn stars that I know that I would trust them to say, is this guy cool or not? Uh, the other thing is, like, fill out your model releases before you even shoot the scene. Do not let someone like leave the set without having filled out that model release because then you might never get it from them and then you can't use that content. Um, so I, I think I've seen a lot of like predatory guys in the business um, doing shit like that all the time. And, you know, you just, I think it's better to come in with a little bit of a, like street smarts, you know, a little bit of wariness about who you work with and, um, and just like understanding the the possibilities of what can happen, and and also you want to be strong-minded and strong-willed. You want to know what your boundaries are before you start, and those can shift and change as you grow and change yourself. But um, you need to be very clear about your boundaries with yourself before you're ever going to be able to be clear with someone else. And it's important for you to be clear with other people when you are making sex scenes with them. So. Some some of that is like a, a little there's the intro chapter. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I, I mean that's one of the questions that I always seem to get from fans, you know. And, and that's the great thing is that having done this podcast for as long as I have, having had uh, female listeners who listen in and they're like, hey, I, you know, they'll send me DMs and I say, you know, I, I really love listening to your podcast, and I always was curious of like how, you know, girls can get into this industry and what kind of advice they would give to women. Because, like you said, you have to have a little bit of street smarts. The common sense goes a long way. You know, mm -hmm. I, I tell people, I said, obviously, I'm not in your industry. 
I know people that are. I've interviewed people that are, you know, that are in the adult industry. But having come from like a radio, you know, background, I tell people all the time that, you know, the adult industry is so much like any other industry, whereas, you know, there are traps. There are people that are looking to, you know, take advantage. You know, I mean, just because it's the adult world and people automatically think, oh, adult, taboo, everybody's out to get you. You could be a singer. Yeah. You could be, you know, a, a mainstream oh, yeah. actor or an actress, and the oh same gosh, horror stories could happen. You yeah, know. of course. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of times people, you know, obviously sex is just vilified in our culture. It's always been that way. But uh, definitely, you know, when everyone's like, look at porn stars, look at sex workers, they're, they're all victims of abuse. They're all... Uh, victims of you know each other and they all have daddy yeah, yeah, yeah. issues and yeah you know, god and all I'm they like, do is get know, on set and get high and you know like oh god right no nobody is doing that anymore i mean if they are it's pretty much they stop getting work <laughs> not everything um, plays out like the movie boogie nights you know not yes, everybody, yeah god exactly and i think that movie had a lot of um respectful things in it too but <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> like movies of, by the way <laughs> yeah it's amazing and um obviously Paul Thomas Anderson just has like a love, um, a love affair with porn and the Valley, um, in LA, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's like, it's interesting that people really highlight that aspect of this industry when I'm pretty sure you could take, you know, a poll of workers in any fucking industry and you will find misogyny. You will find uh, trauma. You will find people uh, who were sexually abused as children, um, you will find uh, sexual harassment. It, I mean, across the it board, in every yeah. And um, a lot of people who are, you know, sex workers who came from other industries are like, I cannot believe how much more treated with respect I am in this industry than I ever was being a waitress or a lawyer or a retail worker or whatever. Like, especially, especially as a woman, um, you know. And for some reason, but it, that's okay for you to take that abuse because you're not then, you know, profiting off of your own um, body or means of production. For some reason, like, that's not okay. <laughs> I can't make it make sense in my mind. But, yeah, I just, I wish people understood that, like, all humans have have to deal with traumas and have to deal with these things. Not So it's not exclusive to uh, the sex industry. And I have to say, you know, having, again, done this for so long and having met so many people in the industry and became friends with people in the industry, yeah, there's there, you hear horror stories. You hear where people are taken advantage of. But, again, like I mentioned, that can happen in any field in any realm of entertainment or not even entertainment-wise, just any form of life oh, that can happen. Yeah, you know? But there is also some positive, I can say, from the, the world of adult entertainment because it is at times a very close-knit family of people and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of the people have gone through some of those same struggles or dealt with the same you know discriminations or stigmas and you know being labeled and viewed and judged and all that so i can at least say for that sense that it is very refreshing anytime i go to you know exotica or avn and you know you Mm -hmm. see people and it's it's kind of like a a reunion in a sense you know you see people you haven't seen and that's the one thing I want to get out of all these podcasts is that, you know, when I interview people that they're normal people, you know, like you're a normal person. And I think that gets lost because people hear, like you said, they hear the word porn, they hear adult, you know, erotic. And then all, all of a sudden, like, it's like all these like misconceptions pop up in their heads. 
yeah, and implications of what that all means. Exactly. And, you know, they're like centuries of, you know, stigma just just piling on your brain in that moment. And um, so, yeah, it's like intimidating, overwhelming can be scary. But you're totally right. Like the sense of community, um, you know, when I moved to Vegas to try to, um, you know, like save up some money and settle here for a little while. Uh, and I knew the industry had been like slowly leaking over here from L.A. But since I've been here, it's just been like, oh, my gosh, it's like the sense of community that I feel uh, with my fellow sex workers in, in this town. It's, it's it's amazing. I feel like there's just so much support. Um, and yeah. And then, so for example, when I went to the TEA awards, that was, uh, maybe like a month ago and it was my first time doing any sort of like in-person industry event since 2020. And it just felt so good to like be around my people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it's just like, oh yes, like everyone in this building right now gets it. And, uh, it was such a nice, Again, reunion, like you said, saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen in years. Um, it was just really wonderful and felt great. And so, you know, yeah, we, we uh, we're a welcoming folk too. We're very open-minded, <laughs> obviously. So, you know, it's I, my experience by and large has just been overwhelmingly positive, and I'm I've never once regretted this as a career choice for me. Like, it's just what makes sense for me. Yeah, and you said a community, and a lot of people have the online presence and everything, so I want you to be able to go ahead and kind of rattle off where people can keep up to date with your things, where people can get your custom videos, because there's a lot of people out there that all make fake accounts. Like, I'm constantly seeing people send me a DM or a follow on Instagram, and they're like, hey, thanks for being my number one fan. I'm like, wait, you got three followers? Like, <laughs> like there's there's so many fakes and frauds out there, so... Let everybody know where they can find the real you. Yes, I can't even tell you how many. Like, just the past two days, I've been dealing with somebody on Instagram who just, like, made a fake account, stole all my photos. I reported them. It got taken down. They just made another one. Yeah, you can get (laughs) catfished real quick. It's just ridiculous. Uh, So one one thing I want to say for sure, if you think you're talking to your favorite porn star and they ask you to send them money, please don't. (laughs) Don't do do it. Fuck, don't do it. Just, like, go t- go through their OnlyFans, go through their website. Like, make sure you can verify that you are talking to the actual them. If you can't, don't send them money. Um, so, yes, that's just a little, uh, <laughs> a little important thing for everyone to know because it happens, like, a ton. Um, but the real me is at, uh, well, on Twitter, I'm just at SinSage. I try to keep it real simple. I try to keep myself easy to find. Uh, you spell that with two N's, so S-I-N-N-S-A-G-E. Um, and then from there, you can find, like, everything. But my website is free. It's where you can go and order custom videos. It's where you can go and buy the full-length uh, feature movies that I put out. Um, I have a newsletter. I have uh, models, pictures of the models that I work with for my customs. Um, so it's thin-sage.com slash custom videos if you want to go to the custom videos um but sin-stage.com that's my website from there you can find my many vids you can find my clips for sale uh and then my onlyfans.com slash sin sage uh which i highly recommend it's a really intimate fan club type experience it's only ten dollars a month i post tons of explicit content on the main feed i talk with everyone in the dms and i do a live stream once a week like 
for the price. It is totally amazing. So hopefully you'll check that out too. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking some time to talk to us tonight and letting everybody kind of get a little more in detail depth of, you know, who you are, because I know I've always been intrigued and I always got to do this. I always have to shout out Tanya because Tanya always hooks me up with the best guests. And when she's like, did you want to talk to sin? And I'm like, Hell yeah, I want to talk to Sin. Like you've been in the game Aww. for, you know, you've been in the game for so long that it's just like it's an honor for me to be able to say that I've had people, you know, as much as I love to have the new talent come on and kind of get that first crack at them when they're starting. It also is very, you know, intriguing to hear people who have been in industry who have witnessed and experienced things that many others have not yet experienced, and just having that insight is just really cool because. I uh, hopefully it answered a lot of questions for listeners that are always curious about how to get into the industry. And now they have ways to contact you. So make sure you go to her website and, you know, I'm sure, you know, she will gladly reply, you know, um, don't know how quickly, yeah. but, you know, definitely, uh, you know, hit her up. So it was really cool. But is there anything you want the fans to know that we didn't address? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I am like, I can only speak for myself, but I am such a down to earth person. I'm so easy to get along with and talk to. Um, so don't, I don't know. Like I said, yeah, don't, don't be too intimidated <laughs> by porn stars. Just please be respectful that, and remember that we're human beings, you know, with hopes and dreams and all those things. Um, so. yeah, we're, they're not unconscious. They have feelings, you know, yeah. they, they do live there. normal lives. You know, they walk their dogs. They even right. clean up the dog's poop. You know, it's not, yep. <laughs> we're not sex robots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not real them. life sex dolls. Although they do love but sex. They're not sex. We dolls. Love sex, but we're people. Yes. <laughs> Just try, try to keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, I, I think uh, I said it all. <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us because it's it's a true honor for me to be able to speak to you and have this uh, dialogue with you. Because I'm I'm going I'm going to leave this podcast and like just say to myself like I just spoke to Sin Sage for like over 40 minutes. Like that there is just a mind fuck for me. But with all that do said, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and we can't wait to see and hear where the next part of this journey goes to. Um, continue to check out our website, sin, S-I-N-N, dash, sage, S-A-G-E, dot com. Check it all out right there, and don't get catfished. <laughs> yes, and thank you so much for having me on. Much Not a problem. We'll take care, and we'll hear from you soon. Hey, this is Sin Sage, queer porn star extraordinaire, and you're listening to Mix Master B on MMB Radio.